All right, welcome into a very special emergency. Emergency! Emergency! Emergency edition of Hear That Podcast. Growling, Paul Inner Jr., Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you. Bengals fans, I mean, just dancing so hard right now. They're just, they're. you know what they're doing? They're doing that AJ Green internet dance. That's what they're doing right now. The the AJ Green seventeen point eight six five million dollar shuffle that he was doing the other night. That's that's Bengals fans for for three hours, uh, which followed, I believe, about twenty four hours of straight punching the wall in their basement. Quite a roller coaster for the Bengals fans. Yeah, I mean, it was it it changed it flipped in a hurry. It it, it was. The, the hair pulling and like you said, the wall punching over no linebackers and then boom, two huge contracts back to back. One of the biggest spending days in Bengals history. Certainly the biggest spending day in Bengals history in terms of free agency. So to recap, uh, Bengals whiff on all the top linebackers. Uh, they're in on Nick Kwiatkowski. No go. He ends up going to the Las Vegas Raiders. They are in to the end on Joe Schobert as his numbers got crazy. He ends up in Jacksonville. Um, they, they were not willing to go where Jacksonville went five years, $53 million for Joe Schobert. Uh, Kwiatkowski, much more reasonable, uh, contract in the, in the about seven mil per year range, uh, with incentives up to about eight. And they, and then everybody else went off the board. Lineback went off in a hurry. I mean, for, we're going to dive in. I want to, I want to dive into linebackers in a little bit once we talk about the signings, because there's a lot to figure out there and, and we'll dive into the dynamics of how they got there. But the bottom line is they whiff on those guys. And, and the thought is they whiffed again. Here it is. Bengals wouldn't, and we're at the crossroads. Needing to fix this huge position of need with, with, outbid by other teams. And it's here we go again. Melt down. I mean, and I, hey, look, they deserve criticism for that because the, the fact that they haven't fixed the linebacker position is, is, is wild to me. That said, what happened next was four years, 53 million for DJ Reader, defensive tackle, nose tackle to play next to Geno Atkins. And then three years, $42 million for Trey Waynes to come in and play outside corner uh, across from William Jackson III. Massive deal. A total of, what was it, seven years, $95 million is what the, the two combined to be? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the most I, and you, like you said, most in free agent history. Uh, a couple years ago, they signed Gino and Carlos Dunlap on the same day. That was Dropped 110 million in one day, but that was re-signing their own players. And then the, uh, the Dalton contract extension for 96, again, their own player. And then the Carson Palmer one, which I believe was 119. So that other than, other than those three, this is the biggest spending day in Bengals history and the biggest free agent spending day in team history. So and it's not over. You, you know, it's not, well, the day is over. <laughs> you would think. They're done today. As far as I know, you're right. Maybe, there's a number of hours. Maybe the, I, th- I think everyone's gone home. Mike has definitely gone to bed. Then it's uh, over. We're, that's that's yeah, when we're, you know it's over. When Mike yeah, pulls when, out. 
Yeah, once once you check the Frisch's mainliner, like <laughs> at about five fifteen p.m. and you see the you see that that wagon pull out, you know. Uh, but no, you, you we're we're recording this at eight thirty, so it's over. But you mentioned you uh, you were going through this earlier, right before we started, as we were kind of trying to figure out exactly the specifics on the numbers. It's basically. Each contract that they gave out today, Reader and Waynes, basically two times the most average per year more than they've ever given out to a single player in free agency. A single player from another team. I mean, think about that. And they did it not once, but twice within like 20 minutes of each other. Yeah, boom, boom. And it was... The, the dynamic, let's, let's start this. Let's start with this. The dynamics of how this all went down as, as I understand them. And then we'll get into the fits of Reader and Waynes, what happens next. And then we get into the linebacker dynamic. What's interesting about this was what I know is basically DJ Reader was their number one priority from the beginning. So. We've talked a lot on this podcast about owning the second wave and that, you know, armadillo aggression, right? Which, by the way, <laughs> armadillos, underrated speed-wise. I really thought they were more of a slogger. They they can top out at 30 miles per hour speed, for those of you that have been listening, uh, in case you didn't listen last week. Armadillo, I said it would be armadillo free agency in that the speed that, that the Bengals, their version of aggression is different. It's not a cheetah, but it's not a snail. But so for them to go fast, they have to, they have to run their, their aggression is like an armadillo, right? That's what we're talking about. Turns out armadillos are very fast and turns out this was kind of an armadillo day. It was about 30 miles per hour, I'd say. But when, when we, when we were debating, you know, the most likely fits, uh, on that podcast last week, I, you know, I thought corner and linebacker would be where they would be more aggressive, and and I thought defensive tackle was where they would kind of go further down the line. And I looked, I I mean, I I kind of looked at DJ Reader as a a first wave splash guy, and that's why I didn't think that they would be in on him at all. So even though the timing of it is kind of a a second wave signing. I mean, you look at the numbers. This this is a first wave signing. It just it just took a long, little longer to get done, but this is about well, it is. It's as big of a free agent signing as they had ever had in terms of average per year, and then they top it twenty minutes later with Trey Wayne's DJ Reader getting thirteen point three per year. Wayne's average is out to fourteen a year. Prior to this, the biggest one ever was Antonio Bryant getting 28 million over four years. So a $7 million average. So like you said, Wayne's doubles it readers almost doubles it and they do them back to back. The $9 million practice. I feel like I have to, I have to mention <laughs> it. <laughs> We're, which is funny. Cause we talk about that signing worse turned out to be worse signing in Bengals oh, history. By far. <laughs> Took a guy with a knee that like wasn't even connected anymore. <laughs> Everyone got fired. <laughs> Yeah, uh, did let's, job. let's let's move on from that. As far as we know, DJ Reader healthy. Uh, Trey Wayne's knees still connected properly. Uh, <laughs> as far as we know, we'll check the physical at some point. Somebody will, I guess. Um. So, 
you said it exactly what I was going to say, Jay. Was when we talked about opening the sec, you know, owning the second wave. That's not what DJ Reader was. I mean, he was, and and not by what he was paid, not by where, you know, how he was viewed across the league. I mean, you know, this is a guy. It, it, it's all about this. Get younger, get better. Gut the old, get younger and get better. And if that means paying, overpaying potentially in free agency, then so be it. Be, don't be afraid to do that. And I, and that's what you saw them do with these two selections. And, you know, they got, they were in the mix. Once it got down to Schobert being the last of the real linebackers left, the Bengals are, they're, they're hot and heavy in on that, right? And they're focused on DJ Reader because that's their number one priority and Denver is pushing and they're just trying to worry about that. Make sure you stay in contact with DJ Reader. Don't let DJ Reader disappear on you, right? Um, and you know, because you don't want to have something happen like, all of a sudden, Nick Kwiatkowski is posting a picture of Las Vegas Stadium. You're like, what? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> right? And it, ha- it happened very fast. So like the whole linebacker market did. And now you're sitting here and you're with Schobert. You're trying to keep track of Reader. And Jacksonville says, you know what? We'll we'll go further. Five years, $53 million for Joe Schobert. And this is really the defining point of this whole thing. And, and there's a, there's domino effects from this. What do you do? And this is a real, I mean, this is a real interesting question to jump in on is what would you do if you were looking at, do you top that for Joe Schobert? Look. The Bengals need a linebacker so badly. And I, I personally, Kwiatkowski would have been how I would have fixed this. He was much more affordable. Maybe he got a little expensive for what you thought he was because he doesn't have a ton of snaps to back it up. But if if you really wanted to fix linebacker, you could have really gone aggressively after him if you would and and end up much cheaper than the Schobert deal and still gotten him. That's how I would have fixed it. That said, you're not in that situation now. All the linebackers are gone except Schobert, and you're sitting here staring at Jacksonville. This, you know, a team renowned for just blowing money in free agency. And they go there. What do you do? Do you take a different plan and say, we'll figure out linebacker later? Or do you suck it up and maybe sacrifice other positions and pay a guy who is you know, by all accounts, a really good leader, a very solid player, but a guy that the Browns didn't want to go there with, and he was their guy. Do you go there or do you try a different plan and say, figure out linebacker later? I mean, it's an interesting predicament to be in. I think the way it played out, they did it right to, to say, we'll figure it out later. Um it, it was kind of weird. I mean, we, everybody kind of looked at Joe Schobert as Joe Schobert is the the number one linebacker, and they, they the Bengals were kind of a victim of timing because if the Schobert thing happens right out of the gate Monday, then maybe they they get more aggressive with Kwiatkowski. But because he went off the board so fast, then they were kind of left holding the bag, and it's it's like, do you 
do you overpay for for a Joe Schobert? And if if that was your one and only glaring need, then yeah. But they needed help everywhere on that defense, and I do think it, it would have been a bit of a reach to to try to outbid the Jaguars at, at that point with what you know coming up on close to eleven million a year for Schobert. There's the, there's still you know third wave linebackers out there where they can go get maybe two for the price of what they would have paid Schobert and fit them in and have a competition and, and, and at least stock that room a little bit. So I, I do think that it was at the time it seemed like uh, it was it was wrong that they should have they should have got him they should have spent what they needed to get but then what you you see what they have working elsewhere. Um, when it all, when today finally settles, I, I do think it was the right move because if, if they do that and they go all in on Schobert and outbid the, the Jaguars and pay 11 a million a year and readers their number one target overall, you get those two guys and then Trey Wayne's it and sitting here and, and cornerback is still a mess. So you're gonna, you're gonna have an area to fill. Now there are a lot more cornerbacks out there right now than there are linebackers. There's still some really good ones. And, and we talked about Reader being a really a first-wave guy. I mean, I, Trey Waynes is pretty close to a first-wave guy, even though it came later in the day today. Uh, PFF, he was their fourth-best corner available. Um, you look, just look at the money he's making. That, that's first, that's first-wave money. So I, 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 all in all, I think the day worked out about as good as the Bengals could have hoped. Yeah. I would, I would agree, I would agree with that. Um, the, the decision to, to go, I just, you couldn't leave yourself without anybody, I felt like. And, and I, at, at the linebacker spot, because you can't sit there and complain about that position group to the level that they did have about how much it just torched everything. And not really be able or have a better plan to make sure you come up with something. And, and I think that's where the air happened. But you know what? Free agency happens like that sometimes where all of a sudden a guy just goes somewhere else and the Bengals were going to fight that uphill battle of like trying to convince guys to come to them where they were going to have to probably pony up to make it be a make sure it was about the money. That's what happened with Reader, and that's what happened about with Waynes. No team was willing to go where the Bengals went with those two guys. Mm-hmm. And that's how it would have that's how they'd have to get people and they would have to pay and they did. Here's the thing though, in the big picture, if you just add ask me in a vacuum about any team and, and just about general NFL philosophy and you said on defense, what are you building with? I'm building with Defensive line and pass coverage, right? And DJ Reader and Trey Waynes hit hit those on the head, right? And you, you build with young players, and you're you're hitting those on the head. You know, you're going from Andrew Billings in that spot, who was a okay guy as a nose tackle, okay to whatever, maybe good, I don't know, to one of the top five interior defensive lineman in the league last year. If you watched Chris Jones wreck the Super Bowl, if you watched Akeem Hicks for the Bears, you watch these guys and the day watch DJ Reader. I mean, you watch what they did. There's there's you know 
so much value in that. And, and, and more importantly, it's what you hope he will bring out of Geno Atkins. Because let's be honest, we can talk all we want to about what DJ Reader can bring and even about Carlos Dunlap's second half of last season and the promise of Sam Hubbard and if Carl Lawson stays healthy and what you like in Josh Tupo and all of that stuff. They're they're all very nice complimentary, very nice pieces, right? But they go by Gino. Gino is the engine. Gino has to be the engine, and that is partially what has been the problem is Gino Atkins has depreciated in production, he has not been a star. He's been pretty close to just a guy at the three technique position and, and they need a dominant force. How much of that has been because not having others around him? How much will he benefit from playing a little less and having attention paid to those now a guy like this right next to him? You know, we've seen games where he just dominates the world and then he'll have the rest of the year taken off almost. And if you are, if you can, if this can help Gino regain some semblance of the Gino Atkins you are paying a lot of coin to, then it pays off exponentially. The question is, will that be the case or is Gino done? Well, we'll find out, but that's also where you hope the reader signing has ripple effects for you as a team. Yeah, and I think it has effects in both those. I don't think Gino's done, and it it helps in terms of taking attention off of Gino uh, as far as double teams, that type of thing, and it helps with load management because it's not just those two guys. We talked about how great Josh Tupo, not great, but, I mean, he, he was really impressive last year. They tendered him. He's back. You got Renell Wren, last year's draft pick. Um Glasgow is still, I mean, he's, when healthy, he's a pretty good guy in there too. So all of a sudden you've got this incredible depth that defensive tackle move Sam Hubbard in there from time to time if you need to. Um, that, that can really help extend Gino. I mean, he's still got three years left on his deal. Reader signed for four. So it's not really a succession plan there, but it's, it's just the fact of getting another body in there next to Gino and, I really do. I don't think, I don't think he's washed up. I, I still think he drew a lot of attention from, from the opposing offensive lines. And it's going to be really interesting to see how much this, this not just frees him up when he's in the game, but how much fresher he is in the fourth quarter when, you know, it, it, it would, you would assume he's going to be taking five, 10, maybe 15% fewer snaps this year than he was last year. Yeah. And looking, you know, just to play out this, cause, you know, what you could, what you've got with Gino going out with his deal. Um, I mean, this year, you, you're not moving on from Gino this year on this contract. The Cecil would be 7.8 in dead money. You'd save 6.4. It flips the other way next year where you would save 9.6, but you'd be taking on 5.2 in dead money, which by other team standards might not seem like much, but the Bengals who hate having any dead money, they're, they're willing to take it on, but they don't really like taking on huge chunks. That would be a lot for them to take on. Maybe they, so maybe after this year, if he really depreciates, if, if he really can't do any, if he, if it goes down again with all the guys next to him, maybe you start having, maybe those conversations are a little more interesting. 
because it, it does sort of flip where you're saving 9.6 million at that point. But then after that, if he continues to go down, you only have 2.6. That 2022 year feels very voidable because of that year, they would also save 13.4 uh, against yeah. the cap versus two point. So, so two more years of Geno Atkins for sure. Um, you know, more than likely depending on what happens. But I, so I, I think that's sort of some of that is, okay, well, you're investing in him, getting the most out of these next two years of Geno Atkins also with DJ Reader. So rush the passer, stop the run. You've got, you know, working the interior defense is, is so critical. And you're, and honestly though, it's just add good players, man. <laughs> just get some players, get some real players. Uh, I mean, and, and that's what he is. And that's why he was clearly the number one target and why they, you know, so aggressively went after him. Now let's move to Trey Waynes. What's being said? Are Lindsey Jones even wrote about it? Did the Bengals overpay for Trey Waynes? Have we gotten to the point that what now we're going to criticize the Bengals for overpaying? <laughs> Is that where we're at? That's the way Bengals fans do go. How about You're that? You're cheap. You don't spend any money, and then ten minutes later, you spent too much you overpaid. money. Overpaid, right? You know, and I, look, every deal needs to be criticized. Like every deal should be looked at. Proper valuation. You know what I care about? Getting players. Like if, if, if I'm building a team, I'm, I care about getting the money of it, at, you know, very important, right? You know, if you're trying to have the proper construction, that's important. And maybe they did overpay a little bit, but man, if you're going to criticize this team for something, let it be for overpaying for once, right? Let, let that be the case. And also, you know, as I sit here now, I don't see, I don't have the structure in front of me. I know that there's a lot up front, which I assume that gives you some nice structure in that third year to possibly move on if you had to, if it wasn't going well. Most Bengals contracts have that. So I would, that would be the least stunning thing ever if that third year, um, had, you know, uh, a major swing with, uh, in structure in the Bengals favor. So that said, Trey Wayne's outside corner, former first round pick, five years with Zim in Minnesota. Um, you know, okay in coverage, solid against the run. You know, as far as for Dre, an upgrade. You know, uh, you're getting a little more toughness out there. You're probably getting about the same level of coverage, better tackling. Um, younger, younger, right? Get younger, get better. Box check, box check. And at the end of the day, if Dre come, Dre's salary comes out, I mean, you're adding some money, but not a ton of money if you treat it as one in, one out. Um, they have time to work that out. Uh, they don't have to work out that, work that out tomorrow, but I'm certain that Drake or Patrick is probably not a super thrilled dude today. Um, but again, it's something that he sh- he certainly has seen coming. We've talked about it with him in locker cleanout day. We all had a long talk with him, and he talked very openly and honestly about it. You know, uh, it, you know. So what is I? What do you? What was your feeling on the on the Wayne's move? Yeah, I liked it. I when we talked last week about the the most likely 
guys. I don't know if you remember, but I said I for corner, I picked McKenzie Alexander, Trey Wayne's teammate. I said Trey Wayne's is one of those first wave guys that's probably going to be too rich for the Bengals, and they're probably going to settle more into a guy like in, in the McKenzie Alexander mold. And they don't. They get Trey Wayne's, and and it's something that is a little a little bit underrated here, and it goes to it. It speaks to both him and to DJ Reader. How much has Zach preached character and guys with experience that have done it before? You've got DJ Reader, a Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. You've got Trey Wayne's. He has five playoff games under his belt. How? how who on that Bengals roster outside of Kevin Huber, maybe? Clark Harris. No, I don't think there's anybody on that Bengal roster that's played in five playoff games. So that's, Gino? that's a nut. Carlos? Gino missed that one because in 13 he missed. Oh, yeah. He, he missed the but rest they, I mean, of the there's, year. there's some guys that were, I mean, there's a were few part guys of, that were yeah, they were part the of AJ runs. that were there for the, for the runs. Yeah. AJ but there are not many. No, I mean, but there's, there's a lot too. more, there's a lot more that have experienced losing most. Yes. And he's, they he's two and three in the playoffs, but just the the fact that it, it is an upgrade from Dre, and you're bringing in some new blood. Obviously, that they they're looking for a certain type of player and a certain type of character. And I don't, I've never met Trey Wayne's. Obviously, I've never talked to him, but I just I I think that it's a really good signing. And if they overpaid a little bit, so be it. They had money to play with. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I think you're betting on a I, – I'll, I'll say this. <laughs> I believe in Mike Zimmer getting the most out of guys, uh, knowing him as a coach, knowing him as a motivator, knowing him as the head coach of Minnesota. And, you know, I think it would be – to think that he's going to come in here and your coaching is going to somehow get something else out of him that Mike Zimmer couldn't, with a number 11 overall pick in five years is pie in the sky. But if you are getting what he was in Minnesota, you know, for the most part, a solid number, you're basically saying he's a solid number two. And, and I think you'll take that, you know, if it, if you feel like you're getting a little bit more in the, you know, toughness, character, whatever you're, whatever it is that you liked about Trey Wayne's the most, whatever it is you feel like is checking that box for you, then that's fine. And if we're going to talk about overpaying, then so that you're right. I just feel like so be it. This, you know what this team couldn't afford to do? With lose out on a free agent by like a cup, a million or two that they really right. wanted because they would never hear the end of it. And they, and, and they need to, they're on their perception P's and Q's at this point. I mean, they have to be right now. You know, you're out there, you're, you're trying to bring fans back and you know how much fans are paying attention to this. You're, you're trying to sell, Hey, Joe Burrow and free agency, right? Like together, new bangles, new era. Not going to hear the same old Bengals same day stuff. You're going to be you're, so that means maybe going a little bit over the top, and 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 if if that's the case, that's the case. But I, you know, they went after it, and I think that I think that that certainly says something. But what they didn't do is go after linebacker. So let's do this. 
I don't know where you go from here. <laughs> because right now you have Jermaine Pratt and all right, you got Jermaine Pratt. Okay, so we got one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so we got we got who's who's like maybe one, right? He's just sort of like a guy who had a couple good games at the end of his rookie year that gave you some hope. So you got like one eighth of a linebacker so far. <laughs> Talk about betting on a small sample size. And the market went whoosh in a hurry. And you were left sort of holding your pants a little bit. No Blake Martinez, no Nick Wachowski, no Joe Schobert, no Corey Littleton, none of those guys. So, and now, you know, you're, you're, okay, you're, you're leader experienced veteran guys. Thomas Davis, Sean Lee, gone, gone. So now where are you going? You know, they're going to have to look into a picked over market of linebackers. Are we talking about like Devondre Campbell to, to hear Whitehead who was let go by the Raiders? You know, Alex Ogletree, somebody Darren with, Lee. uh, what's that? Darren Lee possibly. Yeah. Dar- I mean, Darren Lee. Yeah. Is this where we're at? Darren Josh Lee. Bynes. Josh, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's fine. If that's, it, you, you, you're now, you're going to go and it's going to be the, um, the Coles clearance rack award again goes to the linebacker group. Yay. Congratulations. Who are going to, they're going to try to put this thing together with, uh, spare parts again. We've seen this go, how this goes, right? All, all, only thing missing is a third round pick. So. There's going to be uh, trying to piece it together a little bit. And it, it, maybe there's a trade that they can make something happen for themselves. But for the most part, you know, it's, uh, it's a tough spot. So you wonder, like, do you pigeonhole yourself at 33? Is, is you know, it, it, do they have to go there now? Is it a trade back situation where you're trying to add picks for the sake of that, I I don't know. It's not necessarily the greatest linebacker. I mean, what as far as what's going to be there in that spot of that draft of the draft, but I mean, and then you're plugging in a rookie to play next to Jermaine Pratt. It's it's trouble that it's it's a trouble spot right now, and uh, you know you hope that if you can bring in one of these other guys. That maybe you can get some sort, you know, uh, a prove it deal with some redemptive play, but it's going to be very low expectations at that position this year. It looks like. Yeah, I mean, you wonder maybe if they're doing a little thinking outside the box. If if a trade for Andy Dalton would, you know, the with the the market seemingly drying up there. Instead of trying to get as high of a pick as possible, maybe there's a, a fit out there with a team that that could spare a linebacker, and you you don't get quite as high of a pick, or maybe not a, I mean not a great pick at all, maybe a really late pick. But uh, the Bears wouldn't be one. They're they're one of the teams that would seem to be in the running for a Dalton trade, but they they lost multiple linebackers. Um, they re-signed Trevathan, but they're not going to trade him. So. That that's one way they could do it, or 
and we talked about this at the combine, maybe there's another Isaiah Simmons out there. Maybe there's another positionless player out there, a safety they could convert to linebacker, just the way Jermaine Pratt went. I mean, he, he made that conversion in college, or maybe they, they start using Sean Williams as just a linebacker and, and get Brandon Wilson in the game more at safety. I don't know. I don't, I, there's, there's other ways they can go about it, but I still think they they can get some of, a couple of these guys, maybe, maybe just settle on one or maybe get two and go for a competition. Just right now they need bodies. And that would be a, a way to do it. You're, you're obviously the, the first wave, the second wave, those are gone. But I, I don't know how much the mark is going to be out there for Nick Vigil. Would they even consider bringing him back on a, on a one year cheap prove it deal? Um, a, a lot still out there to be answered there. It, it looks like a big swing and a miss right now, but it, it's mitigated somewhat by improving those other two levels of the defense and, and, Maybe it's just another year of stopgap, and then you, you get your your big stud linebacker in twenty twenty one when that that window really starts to open for some sort of a playoff push. You certainly really need Jermaine Pratt to be a guy, yeah. Um, and they and, they, and, they think he is. Yeah. Well, there's a you know hope is not a plan. Right. So I mean, but you go. The other thing is, you know, you ran a lot of that the three, four looks last year to try to mask this. And re- the addition of Reader helps you do that a little more, right? I mean, running Reader, Tupo, and Atkins as your big three in the middle is pretty significant with Hubbard and Dunlap on the edges or Lawson, however you're playing it. And and then you've just you've got still got to fill those other two linebacker spots, but, you know, you're in a little bit more of a position. They're going to have to be creative because, you know, getting another real guy to put next to um, Pratt didn't happen. So we'll, it'll be interesting to watch where that goes next. Where else I think they could go next? You know, slot corner still is out there. Darquez Denard signs with the Jags. Um, you know, we, we've told you, we, we assumed that's where this, that was going. Look at both sides. We're looking in different directions and good for Darquez after a, a, an absolute nightmare in free agency last year with no one interested in him. Resign with the Bengals on a cheap prove it deal. Gets, I mean, not a massive contract, but gets a, a, a three year deal with the Jaguars and a chance to go play somewhere else and, and feel like maybe he's, he's got to change of scenery because, um, you know, he was, I was always a big, uh, backer of Darquez. I thought he played tough. I thought he was really smart in there. Um, I thought, you know, he was injured a lot and it hurt him, but I, I thought he was a, a really, um, solid player for these guys and never got enough credit from the coaching, either coaching staff for, um, to give them more opportunity to, to go out there and play, um, personally. So I hope maybe that happens for him in Jacksonville, but slot corner kind of wide open because, you know, Will, William, even if you count Dre, William, Dre, Trey Wayne's all outside corners. Where are you going to go at the slot? Now you mentioned, I mean, there's a lot of corners out there and a lot of those with slot value. And I think that, the slot corner might end up being the uh, the underserved market here that you can get uh, as the uh, as some quality pieces on the bargain bin a little bit. You know, I mean, you, whether you're talking, you know, who who knows what's happened at the time that you're listening to this since we recorded it. You're talking about, you know, Nickel Roby Coleman from who was let go by the Rams, or you're talking about, um, 
Logan Ryan's still out there. You're ta- one of these inside guys. You, know, you mentioned Maybe Alexander. I yeah, about I mean these guys are out there. I mean, big the big fish, Chris Harris Jr. Whatever. I mean, there. You know, there's options to go to. You know, if if you could somehow, you know, the Logan Ryan doesn't see the market that he thought he was going to get, and you can get in there and swoop for a decent price. Okay, okay. Now you're on to something, right? If you're if if then you're looking at Logan Ryan and Trey Waynes and William Jackson the third, um, and Darius Phillips as your fourth guy, I, I think you like that. So, you know, maybe there's more to come in that area, depending on on how that all turns out. Um, but that, you know, they've still got to look for more there. And this has gone down just as we sort of said it would. Defense and free agency and sets you up mm-hmm. for possibly offense in the draft. The offense, offense, offense strategy. Um, very much in play, but linebacker, obviously linebacker hangs out there to possibly be, be a stick in the spokes. Yeah. And maybe they don't go offense, offense, offense. That's, that is where they're, that's where they're, they get their linebackers at 33. But I, I still feel that that, that is more likely a trade back spot to get another pick. But right now they, they've got to figure it out somehow. They, they've got to come up with a linebacker somewhere. And, uh, who knows where that'll be? Who knows where that'll come from? Uh, but plenty, plenty of time to have more things figured out. Uh, crazy things happen every day in this league, apparently. Like Tom Brady being a buccaneer. I mean, what are the odds? What are the odds in the same day? Maybe the two least attended teams. <laughs> and least energetic fan bases get Tom Brady and far and away the biggest free agent spending day in their history between the Bengals and the Bucks, who've been playing the half both teams been playing the half empty stadiums for years. If hey, the, uh, trying to get the- fans, you know, you get sick of looking at empty stadiums, and you know, Lindsey Jones sort of. Um, when she wrote her story about did the Bengals overpay for Trey Wayne's, I, I told her and tweeted it. Two and 14 is a powerful drug. <laughs> so are half empty stadiums. You know, at a certain point, the fans do speak loudly. Yeah. There's just no way around that. And that's part of the, that's part of the equation here. That and, uh, you know, a new staff coming in with a, a different view on how you can make free agency work for you and understanding the the unique position they were in this year. I, I do not do not get the thought that this is how what they want it to look like every year, but there are some years when your roster's in a mess that you do have to go this direction and they and they did it. Um just like we said they would. By the way, with a little twist, but, but linebacker little, no, would well, be one of the guys. But yeah, that's yeah. That's but I mean, no. Best. But being that they would be aggressive this year, I yeah. I was pretty happy. I got called during during everyone during the high end of Twitter angst. I got called both um, negatively jaded and a Mike Brown puppet within an hour of each other. I'm like that's good. Yeah, you're doing I'm your glad, job. I'm I'm right in the middle. <laughs> That's, I was like, man, this, people are angry, but I'm feeling good now. Thank you for your insults. 
They've never made me feel better. Yeah, we, we were in, we were in the heart, the eye of the shoot the messenger hurricane there for a while. Like, it's a whole lot. You told us they'd be aggressive. You lie. You lie to us. Uh, and then, uh, then it looked different. All I can think so, about now is testing my Photoshop skills and making you a literal Mike Brown puppet, <laughs> putting you on strings. And Jay, that's a bad idea. I can do that. Jay, that feels like a bad idea. <laughs> oh, man. There'll be a new All Twitter right, avatar. So that kind of right. We'll, we will have more emergency pods uh, as more things potentially happen. Um but for right now, I, I think we've seen, you know, they'll they'll be reconvening tomorrow to see where else they want to go, and obviously the stuff can become official at four o'clock on Wednesday. And um, I, I, I got know, a maybe, question about that. How? Yeah, because of, you said it official at four o'clock tomorrow. How binding are these deals that are struck? Because with no physicals and, and with no visits, I mean, can can another team swoop in and, and outbid outbid for like a DJ reader before it's official? I mean, how bonding are these gentlemen's agreements until they're official tomorrow? Well, I just think once teams start allocating their money in certain places, they can't. Those are something that expensive. I mean, it can happen. We've seen that happen in the past, in, in past years where – it's been gone from agreement to all of a sudden somebody backed out the last second. Yeah. I mean, you never feel comfortable until it's official. That's for sure. Um, but I guess we'll, I guess we'll see if anybody backs out. Um, but anyway, we, yeah, who, who knows? Anything can happen at any point. So always be ready for it. I, whenever it does though, we'll be back for you with, uh, emergency, Hear that podcast grounds. I know Bengals fans are feeling good. They, their team finally did what they never do and do the things that make fans happy. You know, it's like fans just want a few fun things. You know, fans never got the, got the new quarterback. They never got the free agency fun. This year, here they are. They're getting their quarterback and they're getting some free agency fun. They're getting to act like a real fan, like other teams, and, and like get nice things. If the coronavirus didn't convince you that we're living a new reality, March seventeenth of NFL free agency did. Yeah, there is no doubt about that. It is uh, it's a whole new world. Bucks and Bengals, toast of the town. <laughs> Super Bowl in Tampa. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for listening to Hear That Podcast Ground. We'll be back possibly with an emergency podcast again if more big moves happen. Otherwise, uh, we will talk to you early next week. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Enjoy the embarrassment of riches, everybody. Uh, have a good one.